Don't talk to me unless it's about Taylor Swift. Today, Luke and I are debating what is Taylor Swift's best album. My vote, Reputation. His vote, Folklore. It's on. I got my notes. Yes, I wanted to see your your preparation. Yes. Flip. Flip. <laughs> I got the I got the Wikipedia pages up on the other like I'm ready. <laughs> Live research. Okay, I want to ask you first, Luke, tell me your history of your Taylor Swift fandom. You know, I don't know that when she was really popular first in high school that I I really noticed her. I mean, it was impossible to miss Love Story. Um, that song was everywhere. I feel like I came around to her a little bit later. And so I was having a conversation with my sister, who you know is about three years younger than me. And some of their her early albums, like Fearless and Speak Now, they mean a lot more to her and like what she grew up with than they do to me. Um, so I, I, I guess I'm, I, I came into it <laughs> as an older, you know, adult. Um, but really, I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's her singing songwriting, um, which, you know, as I look at some of my favorite artists are usually like singer songwriters. And so, I think I think 1989 was when I was started. You know, I fully bought into the Taylor Swift um, fandom and and haven't haven't looked back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking about this for myself, and I I was definitely really liked her in high school, and I went to her Fearless tour concert. This was the night before I moved into college. Went to her concert with Olivia, nice. and it was amazing. It was like she finished with. Uh, should have said no. And she's like in the rain wall and thrashing around. And, but then I think I kind of was just like a regular level fan, not, you know, I remember really liking speak now when that came out. Um, and then, but then it was reputation. I like a flip, a switch flipped. And I was just like deep in and I was catching up on, all the stories behind all her other songs, like in red 1989. And yeah, since then I've just been full in and that's, I went to the reputation tour also, which was amazing. You know, I haven't seen her in concert actually. And there's, you know, that gift where the baby's just throwing money out the window. That's, no. that's <laughs> look it up. That's me. When she goes on tour, I assume this summer she's got to start touring. I will yes. like blank check to Taylor Swift for when she comes to New York or whatever city that I happen to, you know, meet up with her in. Like I, I need to see her do, do a live concert. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I learned a fun fact that she, I saw her play in Minneapolis because uh, my friend Elizabeth was living near there and the governor of Minnesota declared the day that she performed August 31st as Taylor Swift day and he said, quote, that through her personal and honest music, Taylor Swift has energized and inspired not only Minnesotans, but people all over the world and is a positive influence on her fans through her example of truthfulness, grace, extensive philanthropy and strength of character. <laughs> that was the concert I was at. <laughs> well, wh what an honor for Taylor, Taylor Swift to be there Day. on Taylor Swift Day. <laughs> so, OK, we're debating 
What is her best album? And your vote is? Folklore. Folklore. My vote is Reputation. I have seven reasons why Reputation is her best album. And I wanted to pick seven because seven feels like a number that's kind of like 13. It's like also kind of evil and dark and haunted. And that's that was like, you know, our whole theme. So I wanted to honor Taylor with seven reasons. Um, do you know how many reasons you have why Folklore is the best? It's a little more freeform. I didn't, I didn't count, you know, <laughs> much like the album, it's free flowing. I'll, I'll, you know, but I, I have, I have my reasons why I think folklore is the, uh, the, the, the goat Taylor Swift album. Yeah. Okay. Well, start me off with your first reason. <clears throat> All right. Oof. But I have first reason. Um, I think this is the album that marks her sort of transition from pop into a new genre you know taylor started off as this sort of country twang teeny bopper um and and quickly evolved into sort of an absolute mega pop star and and then i think you know reputation you she's she's starting to play with some genres there as well um and a little bit lover too, but then this is is sort of a totally different sound that sort of indie folk rock, you know, singer songwriter type sound that that and and I think she nails it. I mean, I don't think Evermore is a better album. I think it's good. I think this is just a phenomenal piece to me. It's a no skip album, which I know people would disagree with. Um, and, and I think it really um, demonstrates the strength of sort of her as a songwriter, her as a singer, and, which I'll get to a little bit later, who she's collaborating with, um, you know, to write and, and sort of produce um, the record. So that would be sort of my top reason um, for folklore. There we go. I sh- should say it's it's like. So in some ways, painful to debate this, to debate it, because I'm like, well, they're all amazing. I mean, <laughs> they're all Taylor Swift albums. It, it's true. And, and But we will debate. <laughs> I mean, I I I did my homework. I, I listened to both of them today. And, and I would argue that Reputation is one of my least favorite. And still, there are quite a few songs where I was like, ooh, yeah, jam. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so my first reason for why Reputation is the best album is I think she took the most risks she's ever taken on an album with this one. So she released Reputation in 2017. 1989 had come out in 2014. And the period in between was when she was like seriously down and out in the world. She had her whole, you know, Kim K, mm-hmm. Kanye drama. She hadn't yet left her record label. That was Reputation was her last album with them. But presumably that drama had started internally for her with them. Um, And she had like a year where she was kind of off the grid, like not in the public eye at all. Um, And then, yeah, so she was just totally down. You know, she couldn't guarantee that fans or critics were going to like this, um, especially because it was totally unlike anything she had done before. So she really had no proof to be like, oh, people will like this. Um, And, she just made the most honest album she could for that time. And she, she didn't just make 
this album that was so different and so risky, but she also like went really big with it. She planned this epic stadium tour. She, you know, she mm-hmm. could have just released it and been like, I'm not sure I was going to go. So I'm going to just release it and like not plan anything else. But she, no, she released it. She had this, you know, like wiped her social media, new rollout, yeah. um, got rid of like all the things that previously kind of made her famous online. Um, the music videos were incredible. Um, you know, she had this full stadium tour planned with, I'll talk about that later, like her best choreography yet. Um, and she did absolutely no press, which was also a risky move. Um, but it very so, intentional given, what yeah. I, given the reasons for the album. Yeah. Um, so yes, I commend her for, for all her big risks on reputation. I remember when, the first single of Reputation came out. I was in Columbia. We had gone out. They stay out late there. Come back at like four o'clock in the morning. And it's like seven, seven dudes. And it was like, dial up the new Taylor Swift <laughs> single. We hated you... it. But... <laughs> okay, because I also, I hated that song when I first heard it. Um, and I feel like this is kind of her thing where she releases singles that are like her least likable songs at the first listen and don't necessarily always match the rest of the album. Her, I, I don't know who advises her on her singles, but it's easily, it's easily the weakest part of like her whole album production rollout, et cetera. I mean, look what you made me do is, is horrible. It's, it's a horrible song. And, Unless and, you keep listening to it and then no, it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, no. So, but I'll get to, I'll, I'll use this as a transition. Now, folklore dropped sort of all together. I, I remember waking up on like a Friday, mid-pandemic, and it's like, boom, new Taylor Swift album on Spotify. But her singles here, like she finally figured it out. The singles from this album, Cardigan, Exile, and Betty, are all very strong singles. And, and, and it, you could go back to sort of many of her albums, and, and I don't know what, I, again, like Cruel Summer not being a single from Lover is, is truly, it's truly insane. That might be her best song ever, and yeah. it wasn't a single. Instead, that poppy schlock me, me. was you know, a single. Yeah. Like, but so it's a little bit different because this was released in quarantine. So and Were those actual... songs even released? What does it mean but to be a single if they're not released before the album? Radio play. Oh, okay. Um, so so it, it's a little bit cheating. But again, like Cardigan, it's, it's not my favorite song from the album, oh, but it's it. an amazing song. And it's a great single. It's the one that sort of got nominated for a Grammy. Um, and, and, you know, was in commercials and things like that. So she, she figured it out. Finally, again, don't know what was happening because even I looked at the singles for reputation and it's, it's preposterous. Like, (laughs) so, so hopefully, you know, again, she's now had two sort of pandemic albums. The next one that comes out, don't know when, but hopefully with more of a, you know, traditional rollout. And I would hope she's got those sing that singles thing figured out because I think folklore is where she's, they, she started to recognize, like, what are the gems from from the album? Well, part of me wonders if she if she's been the one in charge of releasing the singles, and she just 
doesn't give a shit and is like, you know, look what we, you made me do, for example, if, you know, she just thought, okay, this maybe isn't the most like universally pleasing song, but I think it starts the whole era, explains things and, you know, screw them if, if they don't think this is, you know, I'll just tempt them with this song, whatever, and then they can see what they think about it. Yeah, I mean, I she has to have a say, but I'm sure there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen as far as what songs make sense for a single. That me example, like, you know, for for example, is a, you know, the guy from like what panic from the disco is 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 is, is, is a sings in that song so that makes some sense is like all right that can be a single because there's two sort of well-known names um so i'm not saying it's all her i think it's her production company and and maybe that part of the folklore sort of figuring it out is that she finally you know she was away from the previous uh record label that she's had such issues with mm, um that's true yeah who knows um, but that that's another reason I would I would, you know, vote in in, in the folklore um, camp that she finally got the singles. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you know, I think it's a factor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember when folklore was released, I was on a backpacking trip and we were going to get back the day after it was released. And we were all like, oh, my God, I wish we were going to get back in time to hear it the first day it comes out. And then there were so many mosquitoes that we cut the trip short a night and we were like, yes, we can get back to the car and go download folklore. <laughs> I I am, I don't know, I'm not a, as attuned into like when people's new albums drop. So that like it was legitimately a surprise to me. Um amazing. <laughs> when it when it when it came out and then and it it when music new music is released, it still remains mostly a surprise to me because somebody will text me about it. Or I will see it on Spotify when I open it up. But uh, I, you know, I I was I was fired up for a new a new Taylor Swift album. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, my second reason for reputation is she was totally herself. Um, she's talked about this now in the you know after she released it. Um, and kind of in the lover era is when she finally like debriefed the reputation era in interviews. Um, and she talked about realizing that, you know, she could never win. Like she got criticized for saying she doesn't write her songs. Then she wrote speak now entirely herself. And then she got criticized for saying she dates too much. So then she like didn't date for a year, uh, two years, she said. And she just realized, you know, she could do no right. And so, you know, if you're going to hate me, then fuck it. Just let me be even more myself, even more extra Taylor Swift. Um, and she, well, speaking of fuck it, she finally curses in a song. This is her first explicit album where she says is, shit. Is it? Yeah. If a man talks shit, then I owe him nothing. You know, I, I, I would say that the, the cursing in folklore is also a it's major point. selling point. <laughs> I mean, the first line of the album is, you know, I'm doing good. I'm on some new shit. And yeah, I, would, so I heard that. Whoa! <laughs> I, I didn't know when she first cursed. Okay, I'll I'll give a little yep. little credit to reputation there then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like she, for the first time, started bearing emotions that are like very ugly emotions that most people kind of hide. Like I think in the past, she kind of really showed either like sadness or heartbreak or love, and like sadness and heartbreak could are kind of quote like ugly bad emotions but people i think kind of accept those like it's okay to feel that way but 
these songs, you know, she's bitter. She's blaming other people for her problems. She's being obsessive. And like, those are not really emotions that people want to admit they have. Um, And I think the thing I love the most about Taylor Swift in general is that she'll take like a tiny moment, you know, one thing someone said or like a little feeling and turn into a whole song. And she doesn't like skip to the song doesn't include, you know, the healing and like having gone to therapy afterwards and been like, oh, but it's okay. You know, I see now the the other silver lining of it. Like the song stays in that like nasty moment uh, and just yeah. like lets you express it. And yeah, I feel like she did that in a whole new way on Reputation. I mean, th- this is an angry album, Reputation. Like she's pissed off. Yeah. That, that's at least how it feels to me. At least the first, you know, first and she's in love so it's it's both yes there's like two separate tracks happening but the tone is like especially with the singles right it's like yeah yeah with the singles yeah it's she's she's sort of it's it is a fuck it kind of moment and I, i get i don't know it it wasn't like i i was like when that single came out look what you made me do it was a little i was not what i was expecting I can I can respect it, but it was a little like I, I struggle with that attitude from somebody who's got like hundreds of millions of dollars. In <laughs> you know, I get it. She, the, I mean the the Kanye the you know I mean what a, what a mess. But um, yeah, I I I I. I I respect the sort of like she's laying it's raw emotion. I mean, she's done raw emotions before all too well. Red, obviously. We got to talk about the 10 minutes. It was mostly sadness. There wasn't a lot of like I think that's, bitterness that's until we got Heartbreak. now that we had the red, uh, you know, from the vault. We could see how she had bitterness in there, but it was taken out. Right. I mean, I don't ever want to hear the five minute version of all too well again. I'm only 10 minute. Unhinged I agree. Version. I agree. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> better. It, it gives you better context to it. Honestly. It's like, Oh, okay. I mean, hearing that five minute, the 10 minute version where she's like, clearly gets stood up on her 21st birthday by Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, all right, now 22, that song like makes a lot more sense. Mm. Cause that song is sort of, you know, kind of, eh, it's all right. But now it's like, oh, yeah, I'm like last year sucked. <laughs> so 22, I'm going to like really celebrate. I that this is a digression, but the 10 I minute thought about that with well, 22. I like that. The 10 minute all too well is whoo, incredible. So good. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll add that I think one of the reasons that I, I love folklore and it's sort of my favorite it is when it came out. I mean, it, it was, I want to I think it's July, 2020. Yeah, it was. So, yeah. you know, we are really still in quarantine, like real quarantine pandemic, um, like depression land. <laughs> and, and this album sort of reflects that sound. I mean, I can understand some people that may want something super happy and poppy, um, to combat, I don't know the sort of depressive nature of that was most of 2020, but for me, this sort of mirrored it very well. Um, 
and and it's you know it, it just sort of I felt met the moment at least for me. Um, I, I was listening to it like twice a day. <laughs> I, I I listen to music well when I work, but like that, it was just sort of it's it's not loud, it's not over the top. The music is sort of subtle. The the um, subject matter is about nostalgia and escapism and isolation and and that's a lot of what people were feeling during the pandemic so again personal preference somebody who listens to this who didn't you know who's you know was five during the pandemic and listens to it you know in 20 years they may not understand like have that kind of that connection for what the sort of the sound and the vibe of the album was for the time that it came out um but I think that that has helped, you know, make it one of one of you know her her best as well as my personal favorite. I, I think you know many of those songs met the moment and 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 um, still do <laughs> to some degree. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, she did meet the moment well. I will say. I have it skipped on my Spotify, so I can't even think of the name of it, but the song where she sings about her grandpa and she like actually references COVID. Uh, Hold your hand through plastic now is the line. Oh yeah, epiphany. Epiphany. That It's like, I like that she captured the feeling of COVID in the album, but I was like, I didn't want her to, I don't want to have to think so directly about COVID in any song by Taylor Swift. Yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would guess that that is people's like they're they skip that song a lot yeah um i used to skip it i have actually come around to it again that hold your hand through plastic now it's a little like mm, let's do a metaphor instead of like the actual (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but it's sort of comparing like fighting in a war to the pandemic it's not my favorite song in the world um but i i don't skip it uh like i used to um i get i think you know metaphors are better than just bluntly saying what's happening you know note to you know i think she's usually good at it as you know as our most professional singer songwriters but yeah that's funny um, yeah she usually does use more metaphors but yeah not in that moment <laughs> you know as jackson brown whom i love he, he came out with a song a couple of years ago it's like base it's called something like citizens united it's like dude i don't agree with that decision either but like let's let's write a metaphor instead of like actually talking about you know the case number that's like miss americana and the heartbreak prince (laughs) (laughs) um side note do you have any taylor swift albums that you do have marked or songs that you have marked as skipped on your music oh yeah i mean which one which are your (laughs) <laughs> reputation skips. has more <laughs> water too <laughs> I, I mean I, I the first song on reputation is oh my god uh, I love absolutely that song. unlistenable <laughs> wrong wrong the album to me basically starts at delicate <laughs> I don't I don't want to hear that's track five <laughs> <laughs> well that, she usually crushes her track fives yeah I mean I I I am generally a big Taylor Swift fan, but I'm not a fan of every single song and every single album. I don't know if there's an artist that I would say that that is the case for, for me, you know, 
at all. Yeah, I think my my main one, I think this is all, well, I I added Ronin the that came out because oh, that's just way that too is sad. A skip. That song, I'm sorry. <laughs> it needs to be like digitally removed from that album. It's too sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Oh my God. I'm like, there's no way I can handle that ever. Um, but the one I skipped from Red is uh, Don't Look At Me, You've Got a Girl at Home. Yeah, and that, that's a skip. That is a song that it helps. It comforts me when I'm feeling bad about myself of like, okay, even Taylor Swift, who is God, wrote a song that I don't like. So like, it's okay. All the mistakes I will make in my life. And you know, it's it's funny because she's opened the vault, right? There are so many songs in that sort of this, those 10 at the end now. So much that better. Way better than Girl at Home. Girl at Home is a bad song. But, you know... I, th- I bet you think about me. That's so oh much Oh my better. God. Amazing. I actually like the run song with Ed Sheeran from the end of that. Oh, That's me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Better Man. I like all she, the vault. All the vault Oh, the vault is amazing. great. Better yeah. Man is fantastic too. I think she gave that song to um, another artist who's, whose name is yeah. escaping me. She did. Um, I think Little Big Town. That's right. That's right. That's and then right. she also gave away one of the other ones. Better Man and... Uh, but, but I, you know, yeah. I don't love like red, for example, like I don't love stay, stay, stay. I don't need to hear that every time I listen to the album. I'm, I'm not crazy about, uh, not even crazy about like come back, be here, but girl at home, I think is like the, that's a consensus, like skip. Okay. Taylor, since I know you're listening, just want to say that none of your songs are actually bad. You're a God. We love you. All right, let's okay. hear more about your, your pro reputation. I'm going to give you number three. All right. So not only did she choose a totally new genre, and I don't even know what you call this genre because I don't really know how to name genres, but she, and this I actually didn't even quite realize until I was spending hours researching all my reasons for why I love this album, <laughs> is that she so perfectly matched the sound to what was happening in her life and the feelings. So I've heard her say like, she had this very clear vision of, you know, it was in a warehouse and there was, there's not gonna be any acoustic sounds. And it was like, it was kind of, you know, angry, but a lot of the songs have are like very clashy, like the one that you don't like ready for it, which I think is amazing. It's like really intense. And then it'll be kind of like magical lovey and just going back and forth like that. King of my heart is also goes back and forth between like intense and, yeah magical feeling and that i realized is this representation of what was happening in her life that on the outside things were horrible they were bad there was you know loud noises coming in from the press and it was just like a dark scary place but then inside at the time she was like having this amazing love blossom with joe she was having this like cozy time with all her friends and her family like in a private way and so this is like, I think her most genius thing that in the whole album, she encapsulated this theme of like, it's not neither or it's both. And she had like the nasty outside world and the loving inside part. Yeah, I mean, I, I give her credit for sort of experimenting with genre, which again, I think she has done, you know, the country start, the pop shift, you know, this album sounds the most different from her, the rest of hers, probably, or at least it sort yeah, of disrupts so. the sort of arc of like pop into this, you know, more folk sound that she has now. 
Um, it doesn't work as well for me, but like that, you know, I, I, I think that's a good point. And I, and I, and I, it's part of the reason why I, you know, I've enjoyed many of her albums because the sound is not always the same. In fact, it's usually kind of different. Um, uh, I would, you know, folklore and evermore probably are the most like similarly sounding, um, albums, you know, maybe since some of her, you know, first few, but, uh, um, I just the like EDM uh, influence is not not exactly it's not my cup EDM. Of tea. Don't do that to reputation. It, it, it has some some EDM. There must like, be another term for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it has some EDM influences. <laughs> um, all right, I'll I'll use this as a as a you know another reason Your for next. mine. I don't know that I have seven, but so because it starts with uh, reputation where she starts working with Jack Antonoff. Well, they started in 1989. Oh, they did. Okay. Yes. All right. So, but this, this album, like the second half of the album is majority and her and Antonoff writing the songs. Um, He is the God, by the way, bleachers. (laughs) Incredible. Love, love Antonoff. His look is, he's just love him. And, and, um, Aaron Desner from the national on, on folklore, you know, great sound. I didn't never heard of the national before um, listening to folklore. It's working for her. This, like this duo now, you know, she got some recent criticism. Somebody said she doesn't write her songs. Bogus. Like she clearly saying that like what? I don't know. Some troll. (laughs) She like responded and just annihilated him and all of her. Twitter hive like went crazy, but um, I, I, you know, I think it's this is a very fruitful partnership. The uh, Antonoff and and this guy Desner, Aaron Desner, uh, you know, to you point out, nineteen eighty nine, many of the songs on Reputation, some of my personal favorites. Like I actually really enjoy the last two songs, "Call It What You Want" and "New Year's Day." That's her and Antonoff. Um, Great sound. I think a good influence, like found a strong writing partner, creative partner um, with, with those two. I'm, I hope that the next album is, you know, an iteration or at least those two stay involved. Uh, to me, it's, it's been a good influence. Um, and, uh, you know, I got to give reputation some credit because some of this, I think there is some of this, you know, sound and experiment that, that becomes sort of, you know, the sound of folklore that starts again. Some of the songs in the second half of the album, I think are quite good. And I think that that sort of starts to seed that shift from, you know, the pop and some of the experimentation that you mentioned into sort of what, what becomes sort of the sound of of Taylor Swift for folklore and evermore. Mm, Like which songs you said, call it what you want. I could see that. What else? Dress new year's day. You know, it's they're a little bit like they're not nearly as loud. They're a little bit sort of toned down. I don't know if that's the right term, but um, you know, New Year's Day has that very sort of distinct piano playing in the background. But you know, it feels a little bit more lyric focused than some of the earlier songs. Um, you know, I I don't want to jump the gun, but you know getaway car is her and Antonoff as well and that so good i mean that's the best song on the album 
you know, that. And it's on, just a genius metaphor. Like, no one's ever described rebound relationships like that. And it's so fitting. <laughs> and it's, again, you know, like I, like I said, I mean, it's not, this is not my favorite album, but there are some great songs. And I, again, I think those two are, are like, it, it's, it, to me, it's clear that the songs that those two wrote are so much better than the ones she wrote with Martin and Shellback on this album. And it's like, it, to, to me, it's like cut like black and white. The songs are much better that she does with Antonoff. That's a personal opinion. But then again, that that partnership clearly has been fruitful, starting with 89. I don't know which songs he wrote there, but from reputation going forward, um, it's been a success. Um, and I'll save I'll I'll save a comment about Antonov for another reason why I like it. But um okay. but that's that's one. <laughs> uh okay. Reason number four is just one line. And this is just again reiterating that she did no publicity and she had this amazing line that she only revealed later on an interview with Ellen when she was doing Lover Press. And she said she had a phrase at the time of reputation and she said, There will be no explanation. There will just be reputation. <laughs> Which is amazing that she, like her lyrical genius, just, you know, is in all parts of her life. She was going around saying this to her friends and family. <laughs> While she was not doing press, and just you know, props to her. She had, I don't, yeah. I don't know that she did a lot of press around folklore and Evermore. She may have, but the thing is that she, you know, she didn't get to tour after, yeah, folklore and Evermore. That's where artists make a lot of their money. So that's number one reason to do that. Um, but I, I mean, that's why I'm so excited to see her live. She. She basically, Lover Fest was canceled, and she now has two more albums that she's released to tour. And I don't and know two re-records with From the Vaults. Great point. So, but to me, like Lover and even the Red re-record are selling out, you know, giant stadium type concerts. But the folklore Evermore to me is like, ooh, you know. Yes, she's going to sell like she's one of the few people in the world that can sell out football stadiums just in any city. No matter sort of, what. Yeah. No matter what. That's that's not as common a thing as, as you might think. Like most most bands cannot sell out football stadiums. Taylor Swift absolutely can. But the folklore evermore is like not quite the, you know, football stadium vibe. So it'll be I'll be very curious to see if she doesn't try and like do a almost like a hybrid tour of stadiums and then smaller venues for more of the folklore evermore type stuff um i i, I just i'm you know i'm anxiously awaiting her her tour announcement so <laughs> yeah i know i'm so curious what she's going to do because she has so many like she could go on five different tours and also you get the sense that she's trying to be more conscious with how she lives her life and like not just be on tour all the time. So it makes me wonder how is she going to try to like be efficient with her time and create the experience, you know, she wants to create. Yeah. I also think that a lot of artists, number one, have not had the opportunity to make that money in the past two years. And number two are probably missing performing like that. Yeah. I, I know that the road is a grind, but you know, I, I'll be very curious to see how she sets up the tour. I, I it, 
she simply can't not go to football stadiums. My answer, my question is going to be whether or not she then tries to do some sort of secondary tour. Like a couple of years ago, Lady Gaga was playing in like small, I mean like rooms venues in New York City because she was touring one of her smaller albums. Um, but of oh. course, Lady Gaga is somebody who could sell out football stadiums too. Yeah. So I, I don't think Taylor Swift could, I think she's too famous to even do like a small venue in LA or New York, but like, you know, concert halls versus stadiums. I'll, I'll be, I'll be curious. I hope she does. I think that'll be a very cool. Do you experience. think she's going to go on tour this year? Yeah. Cause I, I guess part of me wonders like if she's going on tour this year, how is she not? Released yeah. It yet? I mean, that's, I, I think she will, but it's, it is a little like, where's, <laughs> where's the announcement? Hello, people need, I need you know, to do plan. I need to plan. Need to plan life. out. <laughs> you know, any major tour like that is going to at least have a European wing. Oh um, yeah, and I feel so, like she always goes to like Australia and Asia, and if not yeah. a fully global, you know, tour yeah. that takes her to, you know, Japan and Australia. I mean, I don't. I can't. I know that her boyfriend is 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 british so she's been spending time in london so that i'm sure she's more Brits inclined do to do her. um european tour yeah i mean i if she does a tour i expect it the announcement to be like it, relatively imminent I, I don't know what the weight would be for honestly yeah yeah um but i do think i think this i think this summer people are plan, you know starting to plan for the big tour and 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 I don't know. I'm I'm not. I don't work in the music industry. I'm like, I have a friend, music industry Bill. Shout out, Bill. Um, you know what's like the logistics? But COVID in the past month has you know, it's it's a huge decline. So I have to imagine that if there was any hesitation because of say the Omicron variant or or things like that, the trend seems to be for an endemic versus a pandemic, sort of more of a living with the thing it's time like let's get taylor swift out in you know in stadiums for a tour we're all willing to die from whatever disease we get at a taylor <laughs> swift concert so it really doesn't yeah, like, matter come on. <laughs> okay well i'll go to my next argument number five so i feel like she was she basically did all the things she was trying to do on 1989 but better uh like picking a new genre really kind of staking her claim of like, I'm running the creative ship here. I'm going to take less direction from my record label. Um, her just, yeah, what I've said, her already just being herself, putting everything out there musically. And then the tour, uh, which was just, uh, I didn't see a 1989 concert, but I've watched the video of it. And, you know, the dance, like her choreography was just amazing on Reputation. Like you could tell she really up leveled in her like personal going to dance classes um and she had it was just more interesting the visuals of the tour and she had a 1989 she had i think an entirely male dancer group and then on reputation it was you know co-ed and um i think there was just kind of more interesting pieces that happened because of that um and since we were just talking about the tour she that tour just crushed it. It was the third highest grossing female concert tour of all time in the whole world and the highest grossing tour ever by anyone in the US and North America. 
Fun fact, who do you think were the other females one and two of highest grossing ever female concerts? Shania Twain. Madonna. Madonna's number one. Yep. Number two really surprised me. Mm. Rihanna. Pink. Pink. Wow. Good for her. Yeah. And it was like at the same time as Reputation and Madonna's tour was like in the early 2000s. So the fact that she made more money then, you know, than they did at the end of 2019 yeah. or whenever it was like Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll, I'm curious. Taylor Swift's gotten a lot of criticism for the way in which she will like duet or sing with men but not as well with women. Usually oh, the men... for not having more like female collabs. Yeah. And usually when she collabs with men, the men like sing the first verse. And that, that's been criticism. Like that she, you know, maybe not even, you know, directly, but is indirectly like not lifting other female singers with, with her sort of rising tide. She does have the collab with Phoebe Bridges um, in the vault. Um, yeah. And she had the song with, with Hein in um, uh, Evermore, which I don't really like that song, but I love Hein. I love that song. <laughs> it's, just not, it's not my favorite, but I mean, I have tickets to the Hein tour, so I'm, I'll be there. Do you really? Garden. Again, where's Taylor Swift's tour? <laughs> yes. That's, I actually hadn't heard that, but... You're, yeah, it's, I mean, it's right. She has done way more male collaborations. Um, and But I wonder if that's kind of changing because if you look at, yeah, her last album and the the vault now has more females. But like, yeah, think, you think I of... I think it is. I also think it's sort of, I mean, it's like, give me a break. I, I you know, it's like criticism that may be fair, but but I think she's, Maybe she is starting to take on more of a mentor role as now that she's a bit more of an, el- you know, at 32 or whatever she is, an elder statesman because she's been in the industry now for, you know, over uh, almost years, almost yeah. almost two decades. Um, I, I'm not just saying that I sus- subscribe to it, but I, I do. Um, that is something that I that I've read and heard about about her. Yeah, although I also can see how, like she with her own voice can make almost all of the sounds another female artist could make. Whereas like a male voice does actually bring something she can't make with yeah. her own voice. So I, I also see I mean, why she would want to collab more with men. And, and I totally agree. Her duet with Boney Vare in, in folklore exile. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's it, it, it's it, it sometimes is my favorite song on the album that 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 designation rotates often, but it's incredible. And it's such like a, it is sort of a nice contrast. He's such a deep, rich voice, you know, to hers um, that 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 is a great, you know, uh, combination. So eh, I just thought I mentioned it because you were mentioning sort of the female dancers in the tour. I didn't get a chance to see that. And I regret not seeing the 1989 tour, but um, I digress. Um, I'll mention one other thing that I like about folklore, um, which is not, I don't have as much to say about it, but the 
doc, not do, a documentary, I guess, the long pond sessions that mm. she, the sort of video, the movie that she put out. I want to say on Disney Plus, maybe not. I think so. Yeah, with Antonoff and and Aaron Desner, which was the first time that they got to play those songs together in the same room because they did so uh, much of the recording during the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, loved watching that. Antonoff's vibes in that movie are incredible. Don't you know? It's just fun, good to watch. I pl- I'm plugging it. That helped. That added to my enjoyment of folklore 100. percent Yes, that that was really good. Reputation also has. She recorded that stadium tour, which was very smart on her part because yeah. I've watched the just the Netflix <laughs> of it, and like having been at the tour, I'm like. Both of these are really exciting experiences. Like even just watching this on TV is amazing. <laughs> Very smart to record that. Have you ever seen her another digression? Videos, it's like I want to say related to the Grammys where she does three songs yes. from 1989 with just the piano. She does them with the piano and the guitar. They were like some yeah. blank yes, space those are amazing. out of the woods. Wildest Dreams on the electric guitar. Those are so good. And I've only ever found them on YouTube. But like I talk about a video, I'll just like go dial up. But why can't like let's put that whatever that session was, that little concert, like make that an album, please. So I can like, you know, have it on, you know, more readily available on my streaming music streaming services. Yes. And that was, you know, it was seeing stuff like that where I was like, damn, you know, she is so unbelievably talented, you know, where she strips the song down because, you know, mm. I mentioned that 1989 was sort of my really when I was sort of bought into her. I was like, she is a friggin' superstar. The music video for blank space. Incredible. Oh my God. So good. Starbucks lovers, that whole skin, like just, <laughs> but then, you know, and those songs, I mean, Again, it's the it's the it's the the murderer's row of like blank space, um, wild, uh, not wildest dreams. Um, yeah, no, it's wildest dreams and out of the woods. I think are the style is the one in there. Wildest oh. dreams is a little bit later. Whatever, incredible. But it's those three. She does wildest dreams in that in that in that um, the Grammy down thing. concert. And I was like, this woman has an unbelievable voice. She can play like the piano. She writes these songs clearly. The lyrics are incredible. Um, I was I was totally bought it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, love for that to be. And you wonder why it's not in Spotify somewhere. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. Maybe know once she's doing all the remastered, around, she can do that. Like, let's get those out there. And that that's sort of my hope for you know a, a, my aspiration for a tour of, of folklore is like stripped down like that. Again, the demand I think is way too high for it to be in a small setting. Um, yeah, unfortunately, but but I think that would be the ideal way to hear some of those out songs from from folklore. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. You have more reasons. Next thing on Reputation. This is interesting. So this is her only album that does not have a deluxe edition, and I don't really know what that means. But because I love Reputation, I'm going to make it mean something positive. <laughs> <laughs> like I truly would love to know how that happens. I honestly don't even get the whole deluxe edition things. I'm like, why don't albums just come out with like the two extra songs or whatever it is? Um, but I'm gonna say that because Reputation's amazing, 
the fact that there's no deluxe edition, you know, means it was perfect as is. It did not need anything else. And and I also don't know if maybe deluxe editions are kind of a a salesy marketing thing and that's why they exist. And so, you know, here's an example. She was doing it totally for herself and not for the the sales of it. I I think that is. I think it's a a sales um angle. that gets people's attention back two months later you know, i mean folklore did have a deluxe version because they added that song the lakes which i do very much enjoy good one um no it's she she she's i mean reputation's a long album but i guess her albums are generally kind of you know it's 15 songs but but red is i don't know 16 or 17 songs and there's deluxe that adds a few more and then you know the the re-release is thirty. So, um, all right, reputation, no deluxe. I think that would be a vote for not being perfect. But you know, <laughs> I'm spinning it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another reason um, for folklore. I, I I may have touched upon it, but I I think I'll just sort of note that like the subject matter in folklore is 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 really interesting. Um, I think Last Great American Dynasty is a great song. I'd never heard of this woman. I assumed it was sort of about her the whole time since she had bought a house up in uh, Rhode Island. But I think that she is playing on that sort of, you know, um, this sounds a lot like me, but but it was really you know somebody yeah. else. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, we talked about Epiphany. It's not my favorite song, but it's an interesting sort of, you know, allusion of wartime to the pandemic. We have illicit affairs about sort of, you know, cheating and, and, and uh, you know, romantic relationships. I love Mirrorball. It's an interesting sort of story about being a performer and what does it mean to sort of put on a show for people and, you know, try and get them to to laugh and enjoy themselves. My tears ricochet. It's sort of a sad song. You know, I love exile, you know, uh, the, the sort of the duet between the two Bon Iver and her. And, you know, I gave you so, you know, it's like the, 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 the dichotomy of, you know, I, you know, you didn't give me any signs and I gave you so many signs and how sort of two people could, mm -hmm. you know, totally miss each other. Anyway, I mean, not to say that she doesn't have sophisticated sort of um, subject matter in her earlier albums, but it's a lot about heartbreak, falling in love, which are, you know, time and memoriam, you know, subjects for songs. I do think that folklore does very well, sort of expands this from not just the 18 year old, the 22 year old, the 25 year old writing about love songs, but a little bit older, a little bit more mature. And just sort of a wider view on what does it mean to, you know, now that we're all sitting alone, like we revisit some of these subjects. Um, again, I think it just adds to the depth of the album. Um, and, and uh, you know, it showcases her singer-songwriter chops perhaps better, better than any other before. Yes, she does. She does crush it with the imaginative songs. I really wish there was a, well, I wish there was more music videos in general for Folklore and Evermore. Uh, but I think of Mirrorball and like, 
an old-fashioned circus scene, yeah. kind of like Willow uh, had a little bit of that vibe. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, would love to see that. All right, you, you okay, saw Okay, Luke, one I'm on number more. seven. This is All number right. seven. We are at the end. Um, so I think Reputation was the first time she kind of moved from journaling like writing songs about herself in a this is my journal way to writing songs in a more self-referential way and i've got to credit my friend bianca for helping think this one through that she started kind of like stepping outside herself and looking at her like she's looking at her reputation uh she's looking at the way she appears uh to different people like the narrative they have of her and now that we have the vault from Red, we see that she was trying to do this earlier um, on that song with Phoebe Bridgers, but, you know, yeah. for whatever reason, didn't. Because um, I, th- I think it's a very vulnerable thing to do to talk about, like, your own fame and your own downfall, uh, especially when, like you said, it's like, it, I think it could be easy to dismiss that when you're this kind of person who has, you know, billions of dollars and like, oh, boo-hoo. But that's not how she rolls. She's like, oh, I'm always going to share my feelings no matter what. Um so, yeah, I think the move to being more self-referential, more self-aware uh, was a very interesting turn for Reputation. And she she continues doing that now. Um, but I want to credit Reputation with the start of that. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And I, I you know, I, I guess the album, the tone of it, as I mentioned, sort of was just a little, I don't know, not not off-putting, but... I, I guess I struggled as a non-celebrity who's not in the tabloids every day, but also doesn't have her fame and talent and, and you know, financial, uh, you know, backing because of, because of all of those, um, you know, privileges and things she's accomplished that I was a little like sort of, this comes with the territory. Um, but that doesn't mean that it, you know, it, she didn't have a shit time dealing with, with the press and such. So, um, but I, 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 again, as I, as I mentioned earlier, that, that sort of the swift Antonoff end of the album, I think is, is, is a lot, a lot more interesting than the first half of, of, of reputation as far as the songwriting and, and, and the, uh, production of the music. I mean, I, I disagree cause the whole album is amazing, but <laughs> sure you can have your, well, it's my theory. I'm sticking to You're it. <laughs> so give me your uh, your other reasons for folklore. Do you have any more left? I'm spent. You know, it's okay. it's it is it is. Well, a then per- I won. Like- I had seven. You had six. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the personal favorite. And I, I listed many of my albums. I have I have my top five songs if, if we want to do that. Yes. OK, um, give me your top five. All right. I'll start at five. Oh, put them in order i didn't put mine in order oh yeah i got them ranked good good okay <laughs> uh, i think i think i have five i'm gonna say mirror ball now this was my most listened to song in my spotify uh <laughs> wrapped four of my top five were taylor swift songs from folklore um in my top five spotify rap which is slightly embarrassing but no i, I got some shit for mirror ball i think it's a great song i think like the lyrics are really interesting and um it's it it's doesn't you know stand out maybe like some of the other ones but but that's that's my number five what's your five on reputation oh or, well you, i didn't you, put you them didn't in order 
So, um, so, I didn't put them in order, right. so I'm just going to go down the list. And I probably, I think some of these are in the in the first five songs, that, so I know you really don't like them. But I'm going to start with Endgame, her collaboration with Ed no. and Future. Oh, my God, that song is so good. <laughs> no. The part where she has her rap, uh, you know, I hit you like bang. Like, oh, it's just so, so good. Um, and she's totally making fun of, I think she's also making fun of herself in so many parts of this album and people think she's taking herself seriously, but like she's making fun of the fact that like, oh, I've got this big reputation. I got some big enemies and she pulls it off so well because she does, she doesn't act like she's kidding. Like she just says it straight and you have to infer the humor. All right. I, I I don't know that I've looked at it like that. So, so, all right, I'll, I'll give it, I'll have to give the first half of the album another shot. <laughs> all right. My number four from folklore is the one, the first song on the album. When she, when it, when she first cursed with that, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm on some new shit. It was like, she was singing that just to me for some reason. I was like, yes. And then some of the I cursing that she does. Shit throughout throughout the the album is fantastic um the one i think because cardigan comes after it so cardigan gets a lot of love great song the one sometimes i think gets overlooked but it just it immediately sets the tone for the album it's got some great songwriting there and again i just can't get over that 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 shit that she hits in the first line so it's that's my number four okay my next one is ready for it the first song i freaking love that song and it took me a long time to love it because i couldn't get past the first verse that was like very kind of heavy thrashing sounds and then i realized how good the rest of it is um and this song probably next to uh look what you made me do i think this is like her other song that has the most easter eggs she's ever put in a song which is very impressive to put into like three minute songs um in the song and in the video like i don't know if you've you probably haven't consumed anything about the song so you probably don't know some of these easter eggs let me tell you when she says knew he was a killer first time that i saw him do you know what that comes from no she went to see this movie called Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, which was Joe Alwyn's first movie. And he's a soldier. And she sees the movie before she meets him. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, let me give you some more Easter eggs. Uh, she talks about him being a ghost. And it's like, okay, no one knows who he was. He's kind of like right. a ghost in that way. Um and she talks about like haunting and phantom. And she has a lot of previous lyrics about like being haunted by love and uh bad memories but now it's like she's flipping it and she's gonna have good memories like being haunted by him she says touch me and you'll never be alone like you'll never be alone you'll be with me but also you'll have to deal with the whole world and all the paparazzi of my life okay um and then she says burton to this taylor referencing elizabeth taylor and richard burton married and divorced multiple times yeah, that part doesn't go too well, but <laughs> the lyrics are really catchy. <laughs> um, and this was the song that she opened with on tour, and it was just a killer opening. I won't rehash my distaste for it. <laughs> um, my number three is The Ex- Exile, her duet with Bonnie Vare. I think it's just an incredible song, and Bonnie Vare just works very well. There. Their duet in the in the in Evermore, I don't enjoy as much. I just I got love for Exile. I love that 
the, you, you know, I sent so many signs, you didn't send any signs sort of the way that that song, you know, uh, ramps up to its climax. Um, you know, no notes, great song. Yeah. That song took a while to grow on me, but now I do like it. I do really like her evermore duet with him though. I, I do. I think that song grew on me too. It didn't, I, I, you know, at first listen, I wasn't, you know, immediately struck by it, but after a while, I think I started to appreciate, you know, that song more and more. Yeah. Okay. My number three is King of My Heart. Good song. This song, like Ready For It, has the, like, perfect, you know, thrashing and airy, lovey, magical juxtapositions in it. Um, And, you know, I love the lines, like, my broken bones are mending. Um, I feel like this song has a lot of, things that lead into Cornelia Street, which I really love from Lover. I feel like this song kind of set the seeds for that. Um, and Cornelia Street, top 10 Taylor Swift song. So, so good. good. <laughs> yeah. And on tour, she had these like giant drums that were being played with the beat. Um, so yeah, King of My Heart. Good. That's a good song. Again, second half of the album. So I'm, I'm in. <laughs> um, my number two from Folklore is Betty. I love this song. It's fun. It um, harkens back to her sort of country roots, but in sort of a more sophisticated way than, say, like our song, which is really sort of twangy pop. Um, it, it ties in the cardigan lyric at the end of the song. It has an amazing, I'm not sure if it's quite a bridge, but it, the, the crescendo at the end of Betty when they sort of um, hit a higher key. It's it's I love it. It may not, you know, I think if there was a sophisticated music critic that might not be as, you know, highly ranked, but I think the sort of calling back to her previous genre as she's now sort of again shifting through the genres. Um and the the tie-in from Cardigan at the beginning, um, the fuck in it is just again, love the cursing. Um the harmonica Betty. is very good. Very good. Betty. Number two. Okay. I had a very hard time narrowing down. So there's, there's a song that's not on here that, but I have it included later in the best bridge. Um, but my number two is Don't Blame Me. And this song is like, it's like you're going to church. Like the way she <laughs> sings the song is like church music, but Taylor Swift, which is much preferred <laughs> form of church for me. And I feel like it also kind of sets the groundwork for false God later in kind of being a like religious and worshiping love. Um, and I think a lot of people would be like, you're too obsessed with love. Like that shouldn't be the focus of life. And I feel like that's kind of, I mean, that's one way to look at the world, but I feel like also people are very interested in love and it's like a big part of our lives and it's okay to just be like, yeah, this is a thing that people spend a lot of time thinking about whether they admit it or not like it matters to people it's interesting and i'm just gonna like put out there that i like worship love um and yeah it's it's like church like gospel this i i i really i don't know this song very well to be perfectly honest so i gotta i gotta i gotta go back and give it a re-listen well, that's that's a step up from you hating it. So <laughs> you just not know it. 
I, mean, I, I, I have, I've been like reflexively skipping the first half of the album. So I have to go back and give it, give it more credit. Number one, no doubter from folklore is August. It's absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> this, the, like the song it's, it's, it's a top five of her songs. I think ever it is so freaking good. It's like a perfect capture of like summer, that pandemic summer when like, yeah, you could be outside, but actually, you know, there's still a disease going everywhere and indoor outdoor stuff. And, but the description, like the lyrics, I think in this song are fantastic. The description of sort of a summer love that you lose. Um, I it's, it's got an unbelievable, you know, chorus and, and, and beat to it. It's, it's like, I, I, I have said that, that, my favorite sometimes shifts. I mean, I love Betty was my initial favorite. I think because of that, you know, country connection. I love Exile. I love Mirrorball. But but August just sort of to me is the the one that rises the cream of the cream of the crop from the album. I'd like to think she was watching Greece and was kind of basing that on like <laughs> Sandy and Danny's summer love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it evokes those. That's a that's such a classic, you know, song subject the summer love um but but this is you know a welcome addition to many of those those types of songs i i think it's phenomenal i need need to see it in in concert (laughs) okay my number one is delicate delicate obviously very good pick amazing it's it's her track five that's where she always puts her most vulnerable song and this so perfectly i thought captured that feeling that everyone has when you're starting to like someone and you're like, how chill am I supposed to be about this? Um, and it's just so comforting to know that like also Taylor Swift feels this way and she doesn't just assume like I'm fucking Taylor Swift. Of course, he's going to want to be with me. Like she's <laughs> feeling all insecure too. Um, and yeah, recognizes the precariousness of beginnings and on tour for this one, this was, she did this when she was flying above the crowd, moving from the main stage to one of the side stages in this like, skeleton thing like a snake skeleton but she's wearing like a rainbow glittery dress and singing delicate in the sky i really wish i had seen this tour well you can see it on netflix (laughs) (laughs) i mean in person (laughs) i think this is one of her best songs on the album i agree i i i would have added getaway car to my top five though i know i had getaway car on there Getaway car and dress. Um, Those would both be in my top five. From the album. Yeah. But I, I wanted to give them some shout outs. And I'm going to say the best bridge of the album okay. was dress. Um, yeah. And that, you know, flashback when you met me, your buzz cut, my hair bleached. Even in my worst times, you could see the best in me. Flashback to my mistakes, my rebounds, my earthquakes. Even in my worst lies, you saw the truth in me. And then she goes on and on. Um I'm so sad that I can't play Taylor Swift songs in this podcast. It's like the only downfall of the situation. Um, are we are we are we precluded from doing that? I'm just assuming that yeah, there's no probably, way to get those safe, rights. Safe, I'm not even gonna try. Safe assumption. <laughs> <laughs> safe assumption. Um, we'll just have to sing it. Yeah. <laughs> so dress, best bridge. Did you pick a best bridge of folklore? It's August. August. What's the I mean, Bridge and remember when I pulled up and said, "Get in the mm. car, 
cancel my plans just in case you'd call yeah. back when I was living for the hope of it all. Hope of Meet it all. me behind the ball. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I mean, that's, and that again, I, so some of her best, I love the lyrics like August sipped away like a bottle of wine. You were never mine. Oof. August. It just, it's too good. That would be like my, I, it's bridge is August. That was one of the lyrics that I wrote down was that August sipped away line. Even the bridge. Cancel my plan just in case you call is a great line. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I got to talk about one line and one lyric in folklore, though. It's it is. We didn't talk about this song. It's the craziest lyric, though, in the whole album. It's from seven. It's when she goes, I've been meaning to tell you, I think your house is haunted. Your dad is always mad, and I. <laughs> that must be why. What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> what? You think my house is haunted? That's why my dad is in a bad mood? He's what? seven years old. <laughs> seven. It's insane. <laughs> that lyric stuck out the first time I heard it, and it just it gets crazier. every. It's like, what are you talking about? I think she's talking about someone with like a semi-abusive father. You think my house is haunted? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to tell you like that slipped your mind. No way. It's from the perspective <laughs> of a seven-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> That's a crazy lyric. Um, Do you have any other standout lyrics? I think um, the other two that I wrote down that I loved is one from Mirrorball, called off the circus, burned the disco down, sent home the horses and the rodeo clowns. I'm still on that tightrope. I'm still trying everything. Uh, again, I think that, that that's like that performer. How does it feel? You know, disco dead, circus dead. It's sort of trying to stay relevant. Um, I thought that was a great lyric and, and, and an insight into sort of maybe, you know, how she feels as a performer. And the other one is from Cardigan. I knew you'd linger like a tattoo kiss. I knew you'd haunt all of my what ifs. Just, I mean, Cardigan didn't talk a lot about, I think it's a great song. It's not my personal top five. It got a lot of love because it was one of the singles and was nominated for a Grammy. I think it, I don't know, actually know if it won or not. The Grammys are such a stupid award show that I don't really care how many Grammys she has or not. Um, Folklore got a Grammy, the whole album. Folklore did? Yeah, her Grammys are Fearless, 1989, and Folklore. I mean, I'm glad it did. I'm glad it got awarded, but like the Grammys just, there are some, you know, absolutely like perplexing, like the Beatles never won a Grammy. Like, you're kidding. You know, oh, like, <laughs> really? I didn't know that. So it's not it's not exactly like the best Marker. barometer of 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 uh, music, but that being said, I'm, I'll take the Grammy for folklore. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, some of my best lyrics from Reputation: up up on the roof with a schoolgirl crush, drinking beer out of plastic cups. I just love the way she does the crush in the cups. <laughs> I do I do enjoy those those as well. And I'm like, does she really drink things out of plastic cups? Like, I just assume she only has glasses. You know, <laughs> do you think she ever went to a party with like a keg and 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 
solo cups. Like a Probably, co- like a regular actually. ass college party. Probably not with college students, but like thinking about Red and she's writing about, you know, when she was partying, like 22, you know, talking about the summer partying with her friends. Like, I don't think she was that famous at the time that she was like going to so many clubs. I feel like she was living more of like a going to my friend's house party life. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I would get, I, you know, it's like a, a college party with kegs, drinking games. I mean, she was pretty famous by the time she was 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, I saw her in concert the night before I went to college and we are the right. same age. So, <laughs> you know, she, she can control parties and have parties like that. But I mean, don't know that she's ever been to like a, a kegger. Like, yeah. You know. Like a verified party of that kind. Yeah. <laughs> Other great lines. I don't trust nobody and nobody trusts me. I'll be the actress starring in your bad dreams. Like, again, she's being so funny and she just says it's so serious. So everyone thinks she like takes herself, you know, that she's too important. But like, she's laughing when she's writing yeah, that. I think, I think she's be she is being funny there. And I think maybe, you know, I and others didn't give her enough credit for that. Yeah. And she, here's to my mama, I had to listen to all this drama. Like, love also the fact that, yeah, here's Taylor Swift, this like grown up nearly 30 year old and like her mom is the one who hears most of her drama (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and let's see i'll pick one more i put a lot of them down um this song okay so it goes is i it was the only song she did not perform on tour so i think it's like kind of the most like forgotten song of the album and I, i don't think i even realized this with lyric until i looked it up gold cage hostage to my feelings and i was like "Ooh, that's like really interesting combo of words so and it doesn't get enough like that song yeah that one is it's sort of sits in in between the first and second half of the album and i uh i actually like it more than uh more than i thought i was i as i gave it a re-listen that's Um, funny that that's the one you like because yeah that song is like not yeah on the album it's right after look what you made me do which is a borderline skip and it's right before (laughs) gorgeous which is where to me for the longest time the album started um although delicate i do i do actually really enjoy that song um yeah i'm i'm you know it's all relative i still enjoy the album and and i think getaway car (laughs) and dress are the standouts for me i mean the, the nothing good starts in the getaway car is, is a great line and is a great sort of chorus for that song. Um, Got to listen to it since we can't listen to it here. You know, when we, when we hang up, I'm, I'm putting that on. Playing getaway car. <laughs> yeah. It's genius analogy. Her only song that she seemingly wrote about Calvin Harris. Calvin, you know, what was that song that she did with him and um, Rihanna? Rihanna, I think. Like she wrote that song. That song was like a billion yeah. plays on Spotify. That song is unbelievable. She, you know, it's like it's not like she needs any more credit for being an incredible singer songwriter. But that that song is un- and the one she did was um, Zane. Oh yeah, incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she crushes. I think um, moral of the story, every album is amazing. (laughs) 
Agreed. And and looking forward to more. I mean, I love these re-records. The red re-record is fantastic. Um, the fearless one was really cool, and some of the 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 uh, the vault there was good. But I I I'm excited for the the next new one. Yes. And 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 as as previously noted, uh, hopefully a summer 2022, fall 2022 tour. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to coordinate uh, going to see her in concert. Uh, yeah. Like I, I might have to, you know, groupie, like go, you know, go to Philly, go to DC, just like, you know, come when she comes to New York, go see her there. I, uh, I might have to follow her around a little bit. Uh, yeah, I would totally see her in many times over. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not that's financially viable is another question, but you know, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's why I think it's gotta be, it's just like a packed football stadium tour, but we'll see. Yeah. And like, she can probably turn that into an intimate experience somehow. She'll figure it out. I do. I have faith. Yeah. You are officially my Taylor Swift correspondent. <laughs> you know, I expect to be brought on the next time, you know, when she announces a tour and when she announces a new album. Breaking news, Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, there you have it. Thank you to my Taylor Swift correspondent, Luke. But with all due respect, it's my podcast, so I can choose the winner. And you heard it here first. Reputation, Taylor Swift's best album. This wasn't even one of my seven reasons, but I realized while editing this that the real reason this is her best is because it is her funniest album. Every line that could be heard as annoying is actually her being hilarious. So if you hate on rep, go back and listen with this in mind. The real winner, of course, is Taylor Swift, because you can't go wrong with any Taylor Swift album. In fact, we've got some listener messages coming up sharing what their favorite Taylor Swift album is. You'll hear from Grace, Dan, and Tim in just a moment. But first, I want to give a shout out to Grace because she is the reason this podcast is called Don't Talk to Me Unless It's About This. On the day that Red Taylor's version came out, Grace posted a picture of the album and said, don't even talk to me today unless it's about this. And I could not have related more. And there you have it. The origin story of this podcast title. I have made, changed, and rearranged my top 10 Taylor Swift album list enough times to have probably had every single album except for debut at the number one spot at one point. But right now, as of this moment, it's got to be Red. A, because it came out when I was 18 and a freshman in college, so the nostalgia and the personal connection is at a peak, but also because of All Too Well. It's always been a jam, it's always been a classic, and our girl was holding back for nine years the masterpiece version of it, just waiting to drop it and be like, oh, by the way, this was how it's supposed to be, And it's perfect. You're welcome. So for that alone, number one spot, easily. A second reason is the song Better Man. I know Little Big Town did it, and they did it well, and they got awards for it, but her version of it on the re-release just skyrockets Red back to the number one spot so easily. That song is unbelievable. I love it. 
more every time I listen to it. I'm so glad it exists. So for me, it's got to be red. And you were tossing me the car keys. My name is Dan, and my favorite Taylor Swift album is definitely 1989, mostly because it's just full of great songs from top to bottom, but also because it was the first time that I realized that Taylor was more than a country artist. Nice to meet you. Where you been? Choosing your favorite Taylor Swift album is, I assume, a bit like trying to choose which of your nine or 11 children is your favorite. Nine or 11, because it depends on how you want to count how many albums she's got. Um, and assume, because I don't have that many children. But I guess you like them in different ways. And maybe in part because the stage at which you were in your life when they entered it. So for that reason, Lover is my favourite because it really resonated with me when she brought it out. Fever dream high in the quiet of the night, you know that I caught it. All right, listen up. I want you to be on this podcast. Like really, your voice on this podcast. I want to hear what you think about the books we read, the music we talk about, all of it. If you sign up for my newsletter, you can find out ahead of time what books, music, or other topics we'll be discussing on upcoming episodes. And then you can either submit audio messages that I can play on the podcast, or I might actually bring you on as a co-host for a full episode. Hearing from you makes this so much more fun for me. So please wiggle out of your little shell and take the first step by signing up for my newsletter at donttalktomepod.com. Oh, and you know that thing they all say about, please leave me a review? It would be really cool if you did that, so give it a thought. Thanks. Talk to you next week.